0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join hands with Scotty G Friday at The Warehouse from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Oh, Yak, were you going to fill in there for PK and, and, and do a boom?
1: I'll well, give I you was. One more shot. And
0: then we had a good friend of ours decide to reconnect. So. Well, I did it because I didn't think he was connected. Well, he just. He's back, baby. Bring him on. PK. Yeah, I'm connected. price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Oh, boom. There, there we go. That's better. <laughs> that's better. I <laughs> told me you were connected, but then it dropped and you weren't connected. Now you are uh, I can't keep just, up. Just change the power
2: strip for a
0: second. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, we're good. All right, so PK, you're at the Pac-12 Media Day, and the poll yeah. is out, and it is really not surprising at all. You might have missed no. a couple teams by one spot, and that's I it. I didn't. You got well, them all twelve. You had twelve I, for
2: twelve. Uh, no, uh, in the south. Let me let me correct that. In I the was south, six for six in the south. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I figured with the uh, ASU probe uh, investigation, yep. that would knock them down. If yep. you had any doubt. It was either some people were going to go two, some people were going to go three. So I think with the investigation, there's a lot, there's a line of thinking that that's going to derail the season to a degree. So it's easy then to slide them in at sec or third and put the Utes at second and then SC at first. So that was the only issue. Now there's also a line of thinking, oh, a lot of these guys came back for this season and they could have gone to the NFL. So that's actually going to us against the world unify them. And they'll have that opportunity uh, to prove it out on the field, whether it does derail them or no, it unifies them, remains to be seen. But they can get that done. It's up to them to see how they do. So, you know, the polls are just what they are. They're just for fun anyway. But the thing that surprised me is there wasn't a lot of love for the Utes on the preseason teams Uh, because for a team pitching Finishing second, you would have thought that you would have more. Yes, uh, representation. And there are some
0: specific guys, I thought got undersold.
2: I would agree with that. Yeah,
0: Brant Keithy, honorable mention. That surprises me. I thought he. I didn't know if he'd be first team. Um, I haven't done the deep dive on the whole conference like you have. But that and then Clark uh, Phillips, uh, the third, as uh, as honorable mention. I thought he would be higher, but. Clark yeah, on Phillips, the other hand, the third. is that CP three. On the other hand, yeah, right. On the other hand, <laughs> what does it really matter? It's a conference preseason team. Why am I even reading this?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it's for fun. You could see we're running backs. You know, they don't have anybody who's done anything for the Utes, so they wouldn't get any love there. Yeah. And uh, quarterback, obviously, Brewers a question mark. I don't even know if he win the job. Uh, Cam Rising, if he's healthy, and Kyle says he is, we'll have Kyle on today obviously and we'll be on all day uh, we're not gonna quit until uh, I'm looking at the schedule we finish up at 5:39 uh, with Ooh. Devin Lloyd oh
0: that's even yeah. later than I thought I, I knew you'd go till four and I thought you'd go till five I didn't know you'd go till to no, stay on they, track you'll be you'll be signing off about 545
2: <laughs> Correct. they did uh, they've, they've got it much more organized this year and the schedule is we're up on the 12th floor the W hotel. Looking out to the east, and of course it's all foggy right now, Uh, Pantages Theater right across the street, famous theater for plays and all that, concerts and whatnot Uh, across the street. Give people Hollywood and Vine uh, is where we're located here. This is a new location We'd been at that uh, outdoor mall the last several years. They didn't have it last year, obviously. But uh, just a W hotel for those people who have an idea of uh, the L.A. area. It's a massive place. But this year they've got everything all set up. I mean, they've got specifically time set for everyone. We get the to Commissioner 2 uh, at, uh, let's see, that would be 3.15 uh, Utah time. The Commissioner's coming on. And so, obviously, Mr. Klaukyukov, however you say his name, is going to have a lot to say because this is crazy. His first month on the job, wow. It's just all sorts of stuff running around that you've been discussing already this morning and you'll discuss here at the bottom of the hour with Brett McMurphy coming up. So, I would have thought that the Utes would have got a little more representation, uh, but they didn't. And that's just enormous respect for Kyle Whittingham that they just don't have that many guys. I mean, Devin Lloyd, obviously, made it Uh, you can argue he's the best linebacker in the conference one of the best in the country so certainly he was going to be a no-brainer uh Britton Covey making second team a lot of respect for that kid hopefully he finds a way to keep himself healthy and then Jaden Redding plays kicking and uh, uh Covey making it as a receiver and then as a return specialist so exciting with him on the punts
0: so with Redding, do you think they just picked the youth kicker because it's a youth kicker? I don't know how good he is, but he's a youth kicker. Kyle seems to be getting it right. Redding's probably a stud. He'll probably kick in the NFL for twenty years. Check the box.
2: Well, I'm not sure about that because I don't study the kickers. That's a... and neither does mm-hmm. anybody else. That's why they default
0: to the Utes. They're like, Yeah, yeah well, Kyle picked him. He's probably awesome.
2: I, know, I mean, I did extensive research on every single team as recently as last night, just going over it one more time.
0: Okay, so uh, you do my homework for me. This is the best kind of group project, and I love this. So, because we talk about the Pac-12 a lot, and we mm-hmm. talk about it during commercial breaks when i not on the air, you've told me a lot of stuff. Obviously, I watch the game, so I know a lot of stuff from that. But what's like. If you kept doing this, you had to be finding stuff that you found interesting. So tell me one thing that even somebody, and we got season ticket holders who are way into this listening right now, I'm into this, but you've spent more time on it than any of us. So what's one thing you learned that you found interesting?
2: Uh, And going over my research that uh, so many transfers, and I'm wondering actually if I'm up to date. Did somebody transfer <laughs> right. in the last three or four <laughs> days, either in or out? Yes. Uh, you know, I don't because
0: you... You, you can't keep stay on tra- top of it. It changes yeah. so fast.
2: Now, the one thing, like this is uh, as far as the quarterback from Boise State who transferred Finnegan into BYU. Uh, if you didn't transfer, as I understand it, if you didn't transfer by July 1st, you're supposed to be ineligible this year. Yeah. So Finnegan is, sub- is going to redshirt for the Cougars this year. And I think the reason why they took well, I know the reason why they took him, is they felt that there was no high school quarterback better than him because you start thinking that, well, why do they need so many quarterbacks? Well, they figure because he's better than anybody they can get. So go ahead and take him. The Portland guys are next to us, and they're freaking too loud. I need to tell them to shut up. I don't know if you can hear them in the background. Just
0: barely. Very vague. Uh, very okay. vague. I know there's people, uh, but I can't make anything out.
2: Uh, there, there is such shuffling going on. For instance, Colorado. You know, they had last year. It's such a weird season to be judging by anything. Uh, And uh, Neuer, the quarterback, he takes off to go to Oregon State. Now, he's from the Oregon area. Uh, That's his home state. So he goes back after being second-team all-conference. But then they got a Tennessee kid uh, coming in, Trout, Uh, What are they going to do there? There's just all sorts of stuff with these transfers. And Utah's right at the top of the list, right, with two running backs and a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And Howard, the receiver, you think of Kyle being so stable in his program, which he has been. You know, a lot of players don't leave. They stay. Even when two years ago, when a whole bunch of them could have gone to the NFL, they went ahead and stayed, right? Well, he's had some kids come out, Brian Thompson obviously leaving and, and Samson Nakua leaving. But then he brought Brings in guys that really have an opportunity to be difference makers. So the thing that's, I would be normally excited anyway, but the thing that's got me even more excited about this season is the unknown with all these transfers in this program. SC running back, Stephen Carr, gone to Indiana. Now, they don't feature the running backs as much as they used to, obviously, with Harrell there and the passing that they do running. He's a disciple of Leach. And so played for him down there in Texas Tech. So what does that mean as far as what's going to happen? Good, because you have to, there's times you simply have to run the ball. The situation dictates it. And can you do that? What's it going to be? SC to think that, I got question marks at running back. You know, when we grew up, no. That was the one position that you never you never had questions the question, about the offensive line or the running backs.
0: When we were kids, the question about the USC running back, is he going to finish first in the Heisman Trophy voting, or is he going to finish second? That was a question. Yeah, yeah. But now, so, now they got an offensive coordinator who, Urban Meyer famously, if so the story goes, Gets down in the face of a tight end during a workout at the U, his first spring. We don't even have tight ends. (laughs) Just intimidating everybody, setting the tone and all that. USC right now, we don't even need running backs. I mean, they're four and five wide, throwing the ball all over the place. I mean, you need a running back to run some trap draw to keep people honest like Lavelle did in the 80s, but they're not really living and dying with those guys right now.
2: No, no, not at all. I mean, they only played, I think they played six games, but their leading rusher, who is back, uh, Malapiei, I think is how you pronounce his name, and he ran for 234 yards in six games. I mean, that's crazy, and their number two, and which is Carr, the number three guy, uh, Step, he went off to Nebraska, so they got that going on there, and how's that going to work? Now, they did get a, a transfer in from Texas uh, Ingram see what he can do at running back. So there's, there's more mystery than ever and we don't really have a frame of reference at least in my mind we don't because I'm not putting a lot of stock widespread last year of what I can count on based on what I see. Now, Keaton Slovis, okay, I didn't really need to see him last season to realize he's really good. So there are some things that I do know. It's not like everything is a mystery from start to finish. But you look at the Utes, man, offensively, they're as much as a mystery as anybody when you factor in these transfers and transfers in and transfers out. Because a kid like Theo Howard, I remember him back with UCLA, and then he goes to Oklahoma. Well, I thought when he played for the Bruins, he was a big-time receiver, and so then he goes away. I don't pay attention that much to Oklahoma individually as opposed to their team. When they're winning when the Pac-12, I can identify who you are individually as opposed to just the team because I really focus in on these games, right? Well, I remember him wearing the Bruin uh, blue and gold, I think their colors are, right? And so can he replicate? But now he's coming in, you're bringing in guys, and he's got zero history with the quarterback, right? You're coming from two different places. Same conference, ironically, with the Big 12, may it rest in peace. But now you got these guys, and what are they going to be able to do in a relatively short amount of time? The fascination for me is really probably higher than ever, so, so excited, so excited to be here, so excited to see what these teams can do because I think the Utes have a shot. You know, and that's really in August, and we're not in August yet. About uh, when we get there, that's what you hope for. You know, the old Lavelle Edwards. Well, you know, we have a chance to be really good. I think the youths do have a chance to be really good. They do have a chance to win the South. We'll see about who they would play if they won the South. But they could finish third. I don't think they'll finish lower than third. You know, injuries could derail everything. But they could finish first, second, or third. To me, the intrigue. Sports already has intrigue. It's real life in that way, and it already has intrigue, and to figure out you could win the division or maybe even finish third, that's exciting to me because I don't know what's going to happen once we get into the heart of the season.
0: So I want to run this by you as a longtime Pac-10 and then Pac-12 fan, if this would bug you. There's been plenty of stuff thrown up against the wall about how the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the ACC should react to the SEC yeah. move in Oklahoma and Texas. And Uh one thing I was told was people have to quit with the whole we're going to take this market, that market kind of thing because there aren't that many markets that really move the needle in a way that's going to help anybody close the gap with the SEC. It's like generals fighting the last war. You learn that in political science classes, right? You have to think ahead. And one thing that was thrown out was this. The Pac-12 should give up nine conference games, and as soon as I heard that, I could feel you flinching. But they should go to eight – Partly because that just seems to be the standard for the playoff and set yourself up, even even with a 12-team playoff, it will still be a factor in how teams are seated. So do that, and when you give up the conference game, go back to the deal you had for about three minutes with the Big Ten, the scheduling agreement, and yeah, yeah, set yeah. a guaranteed number of... Yeah. 12, 14, 16, 18, whatever it is. It can't be everybody playing two games, but essentially has to be that. Now, USC and Stanford want to play Notre Dame, and teams like Utah have deals on the books with Florida. You don't want to take them off. So you figure out whatever that number is, and you guarantee that number. And then because you have that contract, that deal with the Big Ten, then you and the Big Ten, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, take their TV rights deal to market together. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't have the legal mind to know if that avoids antitrust. I was told it did. Let's assume that's true. But they said the SEC is out there. No one with a straight face can say you're a monopoly. The SEC sitting over there with the biggest deal. But then you yeah. put that on the market, there is money to be unlocked. Now, if you don't play Arizona-Oregon State, that doesn't have that many eyeballs on it, even Arizona-Purdue or Arizona-Rutgers or whoever you think the bottom of the conference is, it's going to have more eyeballs on it just because there's so many eyeballs in that part of the country. And that you can get more value out of this. And I said, well, that's, man, that's radical. And they're like, yeah, well, there's fear in the room now. Because I don't, you know, I don't think any of us expect tomorrow that four, six, or eight teams in the Pac-12 are going to leave to form some gigantic conference with the Big Ten. But they might. And that ought to scare the daylights out of two, four, six, eight teams in a Pac-12. The Dickens, if you will. The Dickens, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are going to be fine. And after that, there ought to be varying levels of fear beyond those four schools and those massive markets with those brand names. I don't think Stanford and Cal will be uh, left out, but yeah. they might be. Combined, they aren't drawing 50,000 people to their football games. They might be, yeah. you know, certainly Utah fans haven't been that long. They could leave you, Arizona, Oregon State, Washington State. So there's fear in the room. That would be kind of radical. You're a longtime fan. Would you be okay with that?
2: I think there's concern. I'd go with more concern rather than fear because I think a lot of these programs are still very attractive to something something that is unknown i can't put well uh, to the big 12 or a conglomeration of this conference Mm -hmm. merging with that conference i'm not i'm not sure that's really not the point there's a a lot of programs in the pac-12 that had a lot of value that can offer if for no other reason is they're not as bad as fill in the blank Mm -hmm. uh, of the whatever school big 12 whatever you want to do so They've got a lot of media markets there. You know, obviously the Phoenix market has exploded over the years. So I would go with concern rather than fear. But, yeah, I think you. this is the time for innovation, for new thinking, thinking, uh, you know, outside of the box. Well, there is no outside of the box. Everything is in the box now. The, the parameters of the box have expanded basically coast to coast. You know what I mean? From yeah. Texas all the way to the Canadian border. I don't think there's anybody in – Sam and Frazier, we don't really need you. So we're not going to walk out some Canadian teams. But everything now is in the box. The box is just so large, and you have to think a new way in a manner that you've never thought before, and you have to be proactive. And that's what this conference commissioner that we're going to have this afternoon on at 315 – right here on our station one of the things or many things that we'll ask him because they have to consider everything and absolutely the stuff that you're talking about needs to be considered you're a forward-thinking guy anyway so I would be interested in what you have to say because you're always looking ahead rather than back and so with that in mind most definitely you consider those things and other things too
0: Well, I do look back on NBA history, and that drives you nuts. But I had a conversation with David Locke that we will get to when you get back to Utah. And it was super interesting about the way the NBA has changed, how teams are going to be built going forward, what that means for the Jazz short-term and long-term, and where the Jazz fit into it. And there are trends that go both ways that work for the Jazz and against them but there's more that work for them than work against them. It was super interesting. We will delve into that another time. Pac-12 Media Day is not the day for that, and you got that coming up. Why don't you go uh, gargle with salt water or something or uh, whatever it is that uh, stars do before they go out and have their performance at the at the Met or at Radio City Music Hall because you're going to be talking for a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah, all the way till basically 6 o'clock.
0: Yeah, 9 <laughs> till 6, 9 hours of Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, is, is Jake wide awake, or is he look like our producer back right in the day, day, early morning? He's, is... just,
2: he's firing up his computer. No, he said he went to bed early. He didn't sleep very well last night, but uh, he's right next to me. He's got his coffee, and we're all ready to go. He's Right now he's researching Cabon Thibodeau. Let me tell you, he's a hell of a player. He's probably <laughs> the overall best player in the conference. Yep.
0: All right, we will talk to you guys in half an hour. Gear up, Pac-12 Media Day, live from Los Angeles. PK and Jake Scott ready to go at 9 o'clock. Brett McMurphy, National College Football Insider and writer for Stadium Network. What's going to happen with the SEC? How are other conferences going to react? What does it mean for Utah and BYU? We will get to that next. Stay with us. Now, let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. You gave me
1: some things that needed to be done and handled in case you died. Yeah. You know, we set up a little GoFundMe for the family. We, we yep. do some other things uh-huh. to make sure everybody's taken care of. And then your last one was, I don't think I could fulfill that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The last one, I, I just was in a bad place when I told you that last yeah. one. By the way, you and Lloyd both have to speak at my funeral. You don't want to speak at Yeah, I do. Funeral. I want both of you to speak for 10 minutes, because I think it might be the first time in both of your lives that you would be forced to say something kind about oh, me. Oh, that's not true.
1: Lloyd, you'd have some happy hour recording. He's like, I've got play. all the drops ready to go. 20 minutes of drops. Everybody <laughs> at, my, at my funeral's <laughs> like, so he had herpes, huh? Is that what beat him <laughs> in? Or was it the latter on the road?
0: I'm not going to make it if I don't get this pie in me. Hanson Scotting. weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. TJ and PK, there is a lot going on with college athletics, college football, media days, realignment, how to respond to realignment issues. Time to bring in Brett McMurphy, National College Football Insider and writer for Stadium Network. He joins us on the Smart Rain Guest Line. July is considered Smart Irrigation Month to celebrate. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is giving away free smart controllers to commercial properties until the end of July. Hosting costs not included. Visit smartring.net or call 877-346-3333 for more information. Brett, good morning.
1: Hey, good morning. Uh, Before I get started, uh, two weeks ago, my family and I came out to Utah. We stayed in Park City. Uh, We were out there a week. I was able to visit my favorite Pac-12 conference school in Salt Lake City and also my favorite independent school in Provo. But without question, the highlight of my trip is I hit a golf ball further than I ever have in my entire life. And I absolutely loved it. So I guess we're out of time, so I'll talk to you next week. But thanks for having <laughs> me <time>. on.
0: <laughs> well, well, Brett, when you drove to Park City, you drove within a mile of my house. I mean, I'd have bought you a meal. you come on the show enough, and you've been a good enough guy to us. I absolutely would have bought you lunch.
1: So. I will get on a plane right now and <laughs>
0: take you up tonight. Get that free lunch. All right. And uh, PK and I will uh, take you somewhere. I'm terrible. So I'll make you feel good about your game. PK's pretty good. He can probably give you a tip and actually make your game better. So you know we can do we can do lunch and a round of golf next time you come. There are hey, I got it. so I got it. many I loved courses. It, though. Yeah.
1: it just uh, it's so beautiful out there. I, lo- I just love that area of the country. So well, I
0: did want to anyway, ask you before I'm sure you we want to talk about conference real life. We do and absolutely. But before we do that, I'm curious because um, everyone feels it to a different degree. And I do to agree, I work at a local TV station here in addition to doing radio. So when something like this happens, you know, when something big happens, you have to drop everything you're doing. This college football stuff, a lot of stuff goes down in the summer. Do you really get summer vacations or for guys, you know, there's probably 10 to 20 of you who really do what you do at the level you do it. And anything happens anywhere in America, do you just have to like, yeah, never mind, I'm not going to the beach today. I'll be sitting over on this computer pounding out a story and doing interviews. I mean, how, yeah, how does it work you're for exactly
1: you? exactly right yeah well, I mean, the good news about my job is I have a lot of flexibility. The bad news about my job is there's a lot of flexibility. So um you know you don't have a nine to five job. You don't turn off your phone at five o'clock. It's constantly on. You constantly have to be ready for the unexpected. so there there's obviously good and bad to that. I mean, there are sometimes, um you know, fortunately, a conference realignment didn't break when I was in Utah, but um, you know, if I'm going to go, you know, out of out of state, you know, I'm based in Florida. So if I'm going to go out of state for a week vacation with my family, you know, I do shut it off and shut it down. And if stuff happens and it, you know, I can't report on it, so be it. But, you know, other than, you know, for a couple of weeks, you know, out of the year, when you do that, you, you know, you're basically on call. Um, You got to a point, you know, early in my career where my wife was like, you're not a doctor you don't have to take everyone's call <laughs> i'm like you don't understand there's i'm talking to people out on the the west coast they've got different time zone you know you're talking to people at the east coast so and also with a lot of people you've got one chance to get a call or get a text and if you don't respond at that time you may not hear from them for another week so um, look i'm not going to sit here and bellyache about it I, I love what i do and it's it's great and um you know, it's just the nature of the beast, and you know, you're right. It's it's going to get a lot more active now that Texas and our year to the SEC, and we see what happens in the other leagues.
0: So I talked to somebody who's well versed in all this kind of stuff, far more better versed than I, and they said it's like squeezing an orange. You got all the juice out of this orange. Oklahoma and Texas, they're kind of a one-off, and obviously we know why the SEC wanted to do that. But to think that all these other leagues are now going to react, there's like no moves available to counter Oklahoma and Texas unless the Big Ten or, Notre, or ACC lands Notre Dame. But other than that, there's nothing. People have to look at other ways to unlock value. Do you think that's true? Is that what you're hearing about the ACC adding West Virginia or the Big Ten or Pac-12 taking some of these other Big 12 schools or rating each other or whatever?
1: Yeah, I think that person you talked to, they're they're accurate in what they said. However, I don't think anyone really knows definitively yet um, if adding additional schools is going to help, you know, the the conferences you talked about, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12. I mean, ultimately, those, those ADs, those commissioners, the presidents are having those discussions right now. They're going to their TV consultants trying to break down the numbers, heck, I guarantee it, they're going to their TV partners, they're going to ESPN, they're going to Fox, whoever they're aligned with, and saying, okay, look, our conference makeup is now 12 schools. It's now 14 schools, whatever the number is. And if we go at team A, B, C, or D, or any combination of those teams, how does that change the value of our contract per school? You're not going to add schools that bring you less money per team So that's something they're looking at. I don't know the answers to that. Um, But then the other thing which makes this round of expansion different than the others is, you know, the SEC smart. They knew, and I thought this for some time. I thought it had died down, but obviously it didn't. I thought at some point we'd get to these 16-team super conferences. So if you're the SEC, if you're Texas or Oklahoma, do you want to be the first conference to get to 16 where you get the top two choices? Or do you want to wait and be the last one to get to 16 and then your options are not so great? Um, If that's the case, um, you know, then you have to wonder if the Big Ten and Pac-12 will react just to get to 16 um, just for security reasons.
0: So the craziest things I heard that still seem plausibly possible are that the Big Ten could raid the Pac-12 for four, six or eight teams or some of the top teams in the Big 12 could pull away and you could have two divisions of eight or ten and have this mega conference that I guess goes from Penn State to USC. Uh, there was that, and that the fear of that should drive other teams to accept that the scheduling agreement that the two leagues almost did that then they didn't do a few years ago, they need to put that in play. They need to go to eight conference games and create more intersectional games, ten Power Five games, mostly have those non-conference games be Big Ten versus Pac-12. But USC and Stanford are going to keep playing Notre Dame, and you want them to because that brings a lot of value. Utah's got Florida scheduled. There's some other things like that. But they need to create this, whether it's 14, 16, 18 games a year, whatever it is, this scheduling agreement, and then they need to take the TV packages uh, to bid together as one contract and that they would be and I, I don't have the legal background to know anything about this but they would be protected against antitrust because the SEC is the big dog. No one can say you've got a monopoly when the SEC is sitting over there. Uh, they're like-minded. They've had the relationship with the Rose Bowl they're on their campuses with the presidents, the regents, the faculty. They do like to say, we do things differently, so don't go down the road the SEC is going. Do this where you link up even more together without raiding each other and kind of um, you know, revealing yourself to be the capitalist that you are. Does that strike you as plausible? Is that anything you've heard, or is that just way too outside the box?
1: Uh, it's not outside the box, but the the one thing that keeps that from happening. There's no commissioner of college football. There's nobody that's overlooking what's best for college football. Everyone's basically seeing what's best for the Pac-12, what's best for the SEC, and rightfully so. You have no, you really have no responsibility to. Well, if I'm going to add Oklahoma, Texas, is that going to hurt the Big Ten? You, you can't think like that. If you do, then the Big Ten's going to add Oklahoma, Texas. So. What you said makes sense, but until we get kind of a czar of college football that kind of over, oversees everybody, I don't think that will happen, unfortunately.
0: Two commissioners and 26 schools would all have to get on the same page, and that doesn't seem possible. <laughs> I, I get your point there and what the holdup would be there. Uh, so... Do you think the Big 12 is going to, and this is really important to a lot of BYU fans, do you think the Big 12 is going to try to add two or four teams and stay together? Are they all off shopping for new homes? Or, this seems most likely in my mind, both those things will happen at the same time, and these teams will have to decide, do we really want to jump in this boat, or is this boat about to come apart?
1: Um, kind of, Kind of all of the above. Basically... The Big 12 future is dependent on the Big 10, is dependent on the ACC, is dependent on the Pac-12. If any of those leagues decide to expand and pick off members from the Big 12, then the Big 12 will implode. If none of those other power conferences decide that what you mentioned, that none of these other schools bring value to their leagues and they're going to stand pat at 12 or 14 or whatever number they're at, then the remaining Big 12 schools um, we'll be fine. They'll have eight members that, you know, heck, bring back the old Big Eight logo. Um, and then what they've got to decide is, moving forward, again, they have now have to ask the question, does it add value to their league to add whatever group of five teams that they would want to add to their conference? Um, does it add them more value per school by adding a Cincinnati or a US, uh, or UCF or a Boise State or a BYU Or are they actually going to make more money per school by remaining at eight? How much security is there in remaining at eight? Those are questions they've got to answer. um, But to use the cliche, they don't control their own fate. They don't control their own destiny. If any of those power leagues decide to expand and pick off some of their teams, then they'll splinter and we'll probably go from 10 FBS conferences to nine in the next three or four years.
0: Brett McMurphy, National College Football Insider, writer for Stadium Network, joining us. As these new TV deals um, get cut, CBS is obviously losing their SEC Game of the Week. Are they going to be a bidder for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and maybe some other conferences, or are they going to get out of college football? Because obviously more bidders gives the conferences more leverage to get more money.
1: Uh, They may not get out of it but they're certainly not going to pay what they paid the SEC. So they could go to these conferences and say, okay, look, we have an interest in, in doing your games, but you're not getting SEC money. That's why they got out of it. ESPN um, threw more money at the S- SEC, and that's why the SEC left. So I've don't. I haven't, I've talked to people. I don't know if what CBS's strategy is, if they're just basically going to not do football, college football anymore, um, obviously, CBS Sports Network, which is a much smaller mm-hmm. um, division of CBS Sports, they have deals with Group of Five leagues and 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 do games like that. But um, yeah, I don't think I don't foresee them automatically saying, "Okay, we we're going to offer you know I'll make up a fictitious number. We're going to offer a hundred million to the SEC. Um, well, they're not doing our games anymore, so now we're going to offer this hundred million to the Big Ten or the Pac twelve or whoever it may be." Uh, that's to be determined but you know one optimistic thing certainly for the Pac-12 and and uh, the Big 10 and other leagues that are redoing their rights deals in the coming coming years you know there there continues to be this talk that Amazon or Apple or even Netflix you know some of these streaming services that you would think they're not going to have live sports they there's still continual talk that behind the scenes that these guys will at some point jump into live TV rights. And if that happens, then that would obviously be a tremendous opportunity for any of these leagues. And financially, you know, you know how well all those folks are doing right now. So could they make more going through a subscriber service? Possibly. Absolutely. Um, Would fan bases have to get used to, you know, turning on Netflix or Amazon to watch their games? Absolutely. Would it matter? No because people will be able to watch it on their device, whether it's a TV, cell phone, you know, whatever app or device you have. Um, and I think that's what the Pac-12 is hoping for. I know that's what the Big 12 was hoping for when they were going to do their meteorites deal before Oklahoma and Texas left. So at least there's some, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't necessarily think it's a, it's a train right now.
0: The best acronym I've heard in a long time, for what they might do to cable, satellite, and over-the-air TV is FANG. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> the Fang. Uh,
1: I left out Facebook. Facebook's already doing Major League Baseball games. So, yeah, it's, anything's possible. And you know what? bottom line is whatever pays the most money, whatever brings in the most revenue, that's what these leagues are going to do.
0: Brett McMurphy, National College Football Insider and writer for Stadium Network. And, of course, stadiums had some Utah State games, so some of you are familiar with them. Brett, thanks for a few minutes. And when you're back in Utah, lunch, golf, you know, whatever you want.
1: You got it. I'll take you up on that. All Thank
0: right. You. Brett McMurphy, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 15 minutes to Pac-12 Media Day. Patrick Kinahan, Jake Scott. Rubbing their hands together, ready to go. A nine-hour marathon with Pac-12 coaches and players coming up at the top of the hour. Stay with us. The Big shoe. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Greg Rubell, voice of the BYU Cougars. Let's say the Big 12 just says every university for itself. Maybe people would think that's a negative scenario for BYU, but might it be a positive? Because they do bring more value than a lot of those schools that all of a sudden would be scrambling? If
1: you were to talk about making an athletics-based and market-based decision for your league in its long-term future, BYU could be a valuable asset. Once you start getting into everything else involving philosophies and fit and all the things that have tended to ruffle some feathers in the highest offices in the past, well, then things get
0: somewhat complicated. the things that really drive these decisions, BYU checks a lot of boxes for whichever league we're interested. Catch the big show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. SNS Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts. For free quote and for all your roofing needs, call SNS Roofing. Okay, so I read a story I'm going to tell you about. If PK were here, he'd be making fun of me in about 3.2 seconds. I'm not going to do the total deep dive. It's not built for radio, nor are you that into it. But I think the bigger discussion you're into, and I read a fascinating piece on The Athletic on NBA Finals TV ratings and what corporate America thought of them and what the broadcast industry thought of them and the explanations for why they are the way they are. But I think this morning illustrates the biggest point. And the, and the, the quick summary is, Everybody is partially right. The ratings are way down. There are lots of reasons. Some of the reasons are tugging away a lot of viewers. Some are tugging away a few viewers. Obviously, the ratings in the league have been politicized big time. First by the whole Daryl Morey tweet about China, and then by Black Lives Matter, social justice last summer in the bubble, and all of that. I think the biggest thing is what Brett McMurphy was just talking about. There are now so many streaming services offering so much video. Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Having worked in local TV for a long time, I can tell you, it was really cool and totally awesome when we had a monopoly on video. If you wanted video, you had to turn on the television. That was the only place to get it. We had a monopoly, and it was awesome, and we did not fully appreciate it. (laughs) Only later did we realize, hey, wait a minute, that was really cool. Now there's so many sources. And do not discount how much TikTok, how much screen time is in TikTok. Oh, my gosh. And it just keeps going. Who knows what will be new in a year. But just from a sports viewpoint, when I was a kid, heck, when Yak was a kid, Yak, how much TV, how much media was available in the morning? Maybe radio, right? Media, radio on the way to school. Yeah. You listen to this show with your dad. No, I listened to this show in high school, waking up every morning. Oh boy, I've told you this. You you freaked out. Right now, I I feel like I'm about 147 years old. Oh, I told you. (laughs) I remember the very first time I told you that. You're like, oh my goodness. (laughs) I just really because it's like Locke said. I'm 32 years old. No, you're not. You're not even close to 32 years old. Knock it off.
1: Your Your point is well taken. Is that you're but right now?
0: Yeah, your options right now, and I get the Olympics every four years, every five this time. Uh, but on average, every four years, there are people right now going crazy over the Olympics, which right now are being broadcast at any one time on three to five different networks. So you got your options. You got archery over there. You got volleyball over there. You got gymnastics over here. You get sports all over the place. We are all in on Pac-12 Media Day in about seven minutes. PK and Jake are going to go into a nine-hour deep dive on the Pac-12 media day. That kind of stuff never existed. This is a relatively new deal. At the same time, we got a big-screen uh, big, big screen TV in here. Not a big TV, like a drop. What, what, is, what size is that TV, Yuck? Mm, nice medium size. Is that about a 40-inch TV? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. No, actually, probably bigger than that. It's probably 50, 52. Well, then that's what I have at home. That's my big TV, then, if it's 50, 50. That's the range I'm in. So, uh, it's on, uh, no, really it is. And so, um, and the sound is down, but every time I look over they got the headlines there and it has been 90% Aaron Rodgers, which doesn't resonate here at all. People here are into college football. Rodgers, it's a nice note, but I mean, it's camp. He's going to show up, but the fact he has shown up to camp, he's got this deal. He's not going to be under contract in 2023. And this is probably his last year. Uh, They're going to, try to make sure the culture is fit, and all, and maybe he'll be back in 2022, or maybe they'll move him. Or maybe they'll just cut him and let him go. Whatever. They're going to do something for 2022. But 2023 is now. He's gone. And 2022, he's probably gone. This is probably his last year. He's shown up at camp this morning. And that is borderline wall-to-wall news on ESPN. So all these things are just splitting the audience up. There are so many choices for you. There are podcasts that never existed before. There are more TV networks and more streaming services than ever before. And it is just fracturing the audience everywhere. And one of the illuminating things in this, in this, uh, in this story was, yes, the NBA ratings are down versus two years ago. They're up versus the bubble, but they're down versus two years ago. This is one of like, the four, lowest rated, four or five lowest rated NBA finals. Now it's in July, and there are fewer televisions on. And there are a lot of people saying it's the absence of LeBron, except the 2007, when LeBron went to the finals for the first time, is one of the lowest rated ever. They got worked by San Antonio. I think it was a four-game sweep, actually. So is it sometimes that it's not LeBron and Steph? Yeah, maybe, but when it's been LeBron, it hasn't worked out that well. Um, is it that there are more foreign players and people don't identify with? It's funny, I identify with the foreign players, so I don't get that. There's all these theories being thrown out there. I thought Giannis's post-game interview was one of the most memorable reactions. I mean, LeBron on the ground cl- crying when Cleveland won it. That was, that was pretty memorable. <laughs> that was a pretty memorable reaction. But Giannis, looking over at Chris Middleton and saying, Chris, we did it. You know, that's something a super team can't say. I didn't mean, say it, but you're not know, going to say it with the same feeling. It was so, it was so satisfying when he said it. I, I've been to Milwaukee for the NCAA tournament and once for a baseball game. (laughs) It's like, I don't have any ties to Milwaukee. But I I felt for them in that minute. You know? It was it resonated to Stockton and Malone for me. Kind of like, you were there a long time and you pulled it off. And there are a lot of guys who have been there a long time and they have awesome careers and they're Hall of Famers and they didn't get to do that. And you did. And you knew, somehow you know the history of the game because that was part of the satisfaction in your voice. And whether you've Watched old clips because now people get video off of YouTube. How did I leave YouTube out of that whole rant? Now, maybe you watch it on YouTube and you know. Maybe your coach told you. I mean, your assistant coaches told you. Maybe you just read up on it cruising the internet on your phone. But you know it. That was part of the satisfaction in your voice. So ratings are down for a lot of reasons. Whatever we're most passionate about, we now get to go pursue. That video exists. And we can go find whatever it is we want to watch wherever we want to watch it. More TV stations, more cable stations than ever, but more over-the-air TV stations than ever. And good grief, KUTV, we got three of them. I never thought I was going to work there. When I started, you got hired at a TV station, there was one TV station. How do we end up with three of them? There's more over-the-air TV, more cable and satellite, more streaming, more TikToks, more of the TikTok. And that is bringing... The rating's down for everything. And as much as sports is down, you can't compare sports now against sports then. You have to compare how much sports is down now versus how much everything else is down. And if you think sports ratings are down, you ought to check out what's happened to sitcoms and dramas. They don't get watched live. They get binge watched. I'm finishing up my third show in the last year. The pandemic has changed my viewing habits. So is having an (laughs) 18-year-old who's getting me up to date on everything. I'm wrapping up the good place. I got one episode to go. I'm going to need a new show, people. Don't hit me up. Stranger Things. Been there. Done that. Saw the first two years. They were pretty crazy. I'm not a really sci-fi guy, but that was pretty good. So if you got something else, hit me up. I got time because for the next nine hours, it's Pac-12 Media Day. PK and Jake from L.A. next.